Welcome to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners. I'm your host, Maureen Warbach. Hey everyone, I'm really excited to share today's podcast episode with you. I interview a good friend and old colleague of mine, Michael Bloomberg. He owns a counseling group practice not too far away from me. And today we talk about negotiating a lease. So this will be good for anyone who is starting a private practice or expanding and um, looking to break down walls and uh, grow their space. So I'm really excited. We talk about a lot of things from what to ask the building manager or owner before you sign a lease, things to consider when expanding and breaking down walls, And Michael gives some great tips that I didn't even know about when it comes to what you can ask for in your lease. So enjoy. So, Mike. Yes. You're in Chicago. Well, you're in Glenview, but not too far from me. Right. You own a counseling practice. Tell whoever's going to be listening to this a little bit about your practice and how long you've been established. And we'll get into talking about the negotiations of a lease and all that. Sure. I run Glenview Counseling Group. Uh, Glenview is a small community right outside of Chicago in the north suburbs, and I uh, currently have myself and eight other therapists working here, some on a part-time basis, some as little as once a week, others uh, full-time, five days a week. We opened almost four years ago, September of 2012, and we opened with just myself and two other therapists who were only working one day a week, we were able to expand our practice and actually break through one of the walls into another office space and be able to um, expand the physical space, which allowed us to accommodate a growing number of referrals so that we could add more therapists. I don't know if I knew this, but when you started in September, did you start right away with the two employees or did you start by yourself and then hire them sometime later sometime later i started right away with the two and at the time they were two independent contractors who were just working one day a week but these two women and i were all friends from a previous job and we'd been talking for many years mm-hmm. about starting a practice and then one day i just went to them and said listen we have to do this and they said well we don't want to do it, but if you do it, we'll come work for you. Oh, and I didn't so know that. That's the humble beginnings of Glenview Counseling Group, and that's that's what we did just four years ago. That's awesome. I don't know how I did not know that. So, and I, you know what? There's so many people that talk about whether it's difficult or not to start a practice and go straight to groups because I feel like a lot of people start solo and then. They're like, we're good. I can I can get enough clients for just myself, so I'll hire people. But there's been a couple of people that have asked about how difficult is it to go straight to kind of starting a group. Yeah, I and again, both of these women were one day a week and sort of responsible for getting their own um, as independent contractors, getting their own referrals. And um, it, it was as close to being a solo practice as you can be, they were here very, uh, very, very little. Um, And so I I sort of did start it as a group, but really 
I was there, you know, five, six days a week, and they were there just one day a week. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. Okay, so we're talking about negotiating a lease, and it's, I think, the perfect time to be talking about it since you're now doing this and I'm in the beginnings of doing this. So it's been a, a couple of years for me since I had to negotiate a lease since I've been down in this office here. So I'm uh, now it's all coming back for me, the stu- questions that I need to be asking. Um, so it'll be nice to get some feedback on your end of what you're going through with this negotiation, especially because you're moving to a completely new place, right? Yes, I'm moving out of the building completely. Uh, as opposed to the last time that I renegotiated, which was just to expand my practice. That's yes. right. Yes, and that's kind of what I did too um, this last time, was just expanding within the same building. But this would also now be a whole different area. So, fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, sure. I, um, I should say yeah. probably that the first time I negotiated a lease, for the very beginning of the group, uh, I was working with raw space because this entire floor was gutted. It had been one company that moved out. And so I was able to do something that allowed me to expand in my own space, which was ask for a right of first refusal for the office space directly next to me. Wait, what is that? So a right of first refusal is something that was written into my first, my very first contract, which stated that if there is an actual offer in writing regarding the adjacent unit to me, which again was also raw space at the time, mm-hmm. I have, I believe it was 15 days to decide whether or not I want to rent it. Oh, that's awesome. So this gave me the ability to rent a spot that what that met my needs as far as size and cost while knowing that I had the option if the situation presented itself which eventually did to break through the wall and add what is now the rest of my practice Ooh. and so that's a that's a good tip to remember that you can ask for a right of first refusal um, even if the, I believe it, even if the space is occupied, you can say to the person that you're leasing from, hey, if that person next to me moves out, I'd like to have the right of first refusal for that space. And so that, and you said you had about 15 days? I, the way the contract was written, I had 15 days to respond to whether or not I intended to rent it. However, it didn't come to that because I just naturally needed the space prior to anybody else wanting to rent it. Okay. Well, that's a really good tip because I I did not know anything about that. So I just learned something. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Okay, so what's kind of prompting you to look into other other spaces and go through this whole process again? Is it that you're wanting something larger? I know, you know, dealing with the owners of a building can also play a role in that. And um, so I know that might be part of it. But was there anything... um, else because I know that before we started uh, recording this last time I talked to you you were talking about an actual bigger space right yeah I am currently negotiating a bigger space in a different building and the, the reason for that I mean there's plenty of office space in this building mm-hmm. I believe there's plenty of office space in this building because the management of the building is oh, okay. less than poor yeah uh, and <laughs> being a first time a business tenant I didn't know whether or not the things that my 
landlord was either requesting me to do or refusing to do for me were reasonable. And so I went around and I spoke to a lot of other people, including yourself, in mm-hmm. regards to, hey, this is all happening, and is this reasonable? And I wanted to know if I was being unreasonable in yeah. my requests. And what I found was that people were shocked at the level of disregard the owner of the building had towards my business and my practice. And so at that point, I just decided that, you know, when this lease is over, I'm going to be moving regardless of whether or not it's to a larger space. As it turns out, it is going to be to a larger space to accommodate some some extra things that I'd like to have. That's awesome. And I think you hit on something that I felt like was an issue with me too, and I'm sure is an issue for a lot of people when they first start having a practice, is we don't know what kind of questions to ask. And I know that when I signed my first lease, which was that it was a single, it was a storefront, a single office with a little waiting room. It was turned into that, um, but it was originally a storefront. And I I know that my the price I paid was pretty high. I didn't realize that. The person who owned that storefront didn't uh, shovel in front when it snowed and, you know, the windows on the outside weren't cleaned. I always had to go out and clean them. And things I didn't think about that I realized later were kind of an issue and and things that now I know are non-negotiables for me. Uh, I didn't realize that when I first went through this. And I feel like I learned even more with the expanding this place because obviously that brings a whole slew of other things that you should know to ask, like the HVAC systems and soundproofing and the ceilings and yes. you know, those things that you don't ask when the space is already there um, versus you being part of the building of it. So what are some of the things that you're talking with the owner of this new space about? Is there a build-out with this too or is it existing space, office space? It's going to be almost a complete build-out. There are some some main walls that are going to remain in place, but it's virtually a complete build-out. And so some of the things that are important to the physical structure are having, as I I also uh, insisted at the place that I'm currently at, that when you see walls that go up to a ceiling that's like a drop ceiling, typically the walls only go to the ceiling. Yes. I insisted that the walls be built all the way to the top of the of the of the bottom of the next floor in order to maintain privacy. That is literally what I learned in the space I'm at now is that the when they did do the build out which I was a part of um, I didn't think about that and the contractors didn't enlighten me on the fact that when they put the walls up if they're only going up to the drop ceiling that sound will still travel. So I went um, through a lot of annoyance uh, once the clinicians came down realizing we could literally hear each other. I would, we would have our doors closed and be like, hey, and they would be on the other side of the wall in their office just talking casually and still hear, we could hear each other. So we ended up having to put soundproofing, rolling it out across this, uh, on top of the um, drop ceiling and it's like four, it's four feet. I mean, there's like a ton of space between the drop ceiling and the uh, actual ceiling. So because the walls were already built, we couldn't extend this, you know, extend the walls. But we put in all those uh, soundproofing. We laid it out and rolled it over the top of the drop ceiling, which was kind of a pain in the butt and messy and kind of expensive. 
So a lesson learned, and you clearly thought of this before even going through that. I did, but I wasn't smart enough to ask about how they were going to install part of the HVAC because what ended up happening is that my cold air comes from the ceiling. Mm -hmm. However, my hot air comes from baseboards. Once they installed the baseboards, it undid all of the work I did trying to keep privacy because the sound travels through the baseboards through the through where the heat comes out. Oh. And so hmm. then we had to do some things around that. We had to put soundproofing around that. That's definitely one of the things that I looked at is where is the HVAC situated in the new space? And I'm glad to say that uh, both heating and cooling come from above. At the new space? Yes. That's good. So I guess that's something for specifically for our profession in terms of you know, negotiating a lease and build outs and all of that is the sound. And, um, it wasn't something that I initially paid a lot of attention to because I assumed that the walls, walls are enough. (laughs) And I learned a little bit of my lesson in this build out, which was making sure that there was soundproofing between the walls, but not realizing that I should make sure that it's going up past the drop ceiling. So another, I guess, good area to think about is if you are building out with those HVAC systems is making sure that there's some level of soundproofing around that as well, because I wouldn't even think about that. Right, absolutely. Yeah, there was, a, there was a list of things that I went to when I was hunting for a new space that I was now enlightened to yeah. that I, I went asking for, and that was one of them. What else have you either paid attention to or asked about in terms of the management or the owners, because I know since that was an issue and I feel like that's an issue on on my part with our places that they don't care so much about keeping the common areas clean or uh, small things like Sure. We have a driveway that goes into our parking lot, and there are a lot of little potholes. And in the winter, their shoveling wasn't happening as often as it needed to, so sometimes it froze over and our cars would get stuck. And um, all things that I assumed were a part of, you know, someone owning a building. Um, but might I know that when I expanded down here that I ended up putting it into the lease that thing that I needed some things to be required, which... I guess should have been assumed, but we're not, which was that, you know, the bathrooms in the common areas get cleaned a certain amount of times a week that, um, he had on our main floor in the common areas, um, what is it called? The floor mats, kind of like floor mats that like those long hallway mats. Yeah. Yes. But he had not industrial ones. Um, they're ones that you can like buy at Walmart that he put a bunch of them together and like lined them up. So it looked really tacky. And when I moved from the upstairs to the downstairs and expanded, I said, we need to have that one, this looks really tacky. And two, the water would get between the mats and it'd still be slippery anyways. Um, so there were some things that I added onto there, um, to make some of the expectations actually happen. What about on your end? Some of the things that, that I asked about was when is the building, the front door to the building, unlocked between what times? I also had to ask about evenings and weekends because with counseling, yep. a lot of times we work on off hours and I wanted to know when that would happen. I also had a problem 
that in the summer at my current place, the air conditioning is turned off at 7 p.m. to the entire building, and I can't cool my office. You know, people are here typically till 9 o'clock, yeah. so it would become very, very, very hot. So one of the things that I asked about is, does it come from a central place, or do we have our own thermostat? Uh, having my own thermostat is a deal breaker if I don't have it for my next lease. And so luckily they, I will have my own thermostat. The building is open um, in a good time. They have an on-site uh, building manager who will come and fix small things that yeah. occur. Um, I asked about the parking situation. I went and looked at the bathrooms and saw what they looked like. Um, do you have any requirements in terms of parking? I mean, I'm in, I don't know with Glenview, but like I'm in Chicago and the second space I'm looking at is in the six corners area, which you oh, know yeah. is like so highly trafficked and their yeah. parking is not easy to be found. And I think about, you know, in the winter time, people aren't going to want to park really far away to walk over to the, you know, my area. So parking is a big thing for me. Yeah. In the suburbs. Okay. I just wanted to see what the parking facility looked like, if I thought that there was going to be enough space and things like that. Yeah. Um, I, I also asked about common area cleaning versus office cleaning. So the, the management is responsible for common area cleaning. The bathrooms are cleaned several times a day. Yeah. Now, at my current place, they're only cleaned once a day and not on the weekends at all. Yeah. And so it's not great. Yeah. So at the new place, they're going to be cleaned several times a day. And every time that I've gone over there, I've checked the bathrooms to see what they look like yeah. and they all look good. You know, I asked, you know, who pays for electric and gas and things like that. Um, Do you find, is there, I don't know if you know this, is there an expectation on our end when we rent? Is it more common that we pay or don't pay? So like in my instance, I pay for electricity in my office, but I don't pay for the air and heat because I don't have control, which is one thing that I would require just like you now is to be able to be in, in control of my heat and air in my office because it's always either too warm or too cold in our office year round. Right, me too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that's exactly right. So currently I don't pay for heating and cooling, which means I don't have control of it. Yeah. So at the new place, I will be playing, paying for heating and cooling uh, as well as, you know, gas and things like that. But I'm going to have control of the temperature in my office, which is way more important to me than the small cost that it incurs. Yeah. Now, I know at the place that you're at, you had every year, you did a three-year lease, and every year your price went up a little. And I have that now. I have a five-year lease because I did not want to pay for the build-out, and they built out two whole suites it was, I don't remember how much now it was, but I didn't want to pay. I could either pay that up front and then have the lease length that I wanted, or I could have them pay for it for me to have a longer lease um, so that they knew that they would have that space taken by me. But my rate also goes up a certain amount of, I don't remember exactly how much, but it goes up a little each year. Is that something you th find common practice? It, it's something that I find common practice in, in both of the buildings that I've, okay. the, the one that I'm currently at, the one that I'm probably moving to yeah. I um, it's a three percent raise every year that's sort of the standard and that's what I found in both places okay oh with with your lease are you gonna do do you know are you gonna do another three year or? right you were asking about lease uh, uh, terms and yes. lease uh, length the place that I'm looking for now uh, looking to get next
now, since they're building everything out completely for me, um, they require at least five years. Mm -hmm. um, and it might be a little bit longer than that, depending on how much work I insist that they do. Yeah. And so they might take, you know, let's say they give me $20,000 and everything beyond that, I have to either pay for or sign up for that many months yes. worth of rent more than five years. Right. Uh, I also asked for one free month per year of my lease, which wow. they were happy to do as long as they extended my lease by five months, meaning I'll still be paying five whole years, but yeah. I'll get five years and five months of rent. What's the rationale for that? To get a little break at the beginning of the year or something? Well, for me, it's in the summer. The summer is when July is typically right now when, when we're talking. The slowest, July right? July ten, tends to be the hardest month financially just because of everyone goes on vacation. vacation and it's just, you know, right in the middle of all that happening. So I'm requesting that each July I get a break on my rent, which will hopefully be helpful, you know, moving forward. That is such a smart idea. I'm learning so much. <laughs> always learning, Marie. always learning. Um, so uh, I have another question. With the price of your lease, did your current place or the place you're looking at now, did they say anything about their taxes, that if their taxes go up, that they increase? Yes? Both places. Okay, because yeah. I have that now, and I was like, I've never had that before, so I was like, I wonder if this is just – my guy trying to, you know, because I, I ended up putting in my lease, though, that he has to, when you, attest, not attest, contest it? Is it contesting yeah. it? I put in. Contest it with the county? Yes, I put in there that he has to contest because I don't want him to just be lazy about it and then. Because somebody else is paying for it. Because someone else is paying for it. So in my lease, um, just, I guess I kind of skipped over in case people aren't understanding what we're at, what I'm asking now is the building owner said that if his taxes on the building increase, that all the tenants, based on their square footage of space, have to pay X amount more than what it's at. Right. So I put in my lease that he has to at least attempt to contest that and get a reduction and that I get to see that he's made that attempt so that, you know. Yeah. Okay. So you, you're finding that to be common for you too, though. That this yeah okay. both places and and I know that it's it's extremely common okay. to have that happen and that you just the tenants split it per square foot okay yep. oh. percentage per square foot good to know um, now I know this is going to be specific nah, I probably this is probably a stupid question because it's specific to area but do you find when figuring out price of a of a space do you go by square footage? Is there like a price point that you kind of feel like is too much or too, I don't know. I know this is probably so, so based on location. Yeah, no, I go by price per square foot. Um, the, you know, the building that I'm looking at is advertised at 25 per square foot, which That's I'm negotiating high. and um, is for, for the kind of lease it is and the kind of place it is, uh, is pretty standard asking. Uh, I'm going. I negotiated that uh, to what I believe will be 22 per square foot. Yeah. Which, by the time my lease is over, with a three percent increase each time, will probably be close to 25 per square foot. Yeah. Um, I should also say 
the best thing to do is if you know somebody in the building that you're moving into that you call them up and ask, which I did because I have a colleague who runs a very large um, psychological testing place that's going to be in the building that I go to. So I called them and I asked, what's it like to work with the management? Are they reasonable? Are they attentive? Do they answer your questions? Do they take care of the building? And I got nothing but good reviews, which is you know, the best thing that you can do. Oh, that's a, good, I- that's a good idea, too. That's yeah. smart for people, especially starting out, to maybe have as a thing in their pocket um, mm. to do. My kind of la- last question I have, because I feel like we've covered a lot, is any last things to watch out for that you can think of that's important in terms of that maybe you didn't think about? I know we've talked a little bit about the soundproofing and the common areas. Is there any last piece of advice that you would give to someone who is starting to negotiate a lease? I think the the number one thing that I would do is if you're able to speak with a current tenant, even if you don't know them, you can go knock on doors, you can phone them up, look them up in the phone book, and ask them what's it like to be at this building, and I think that would be a, a very helpful thing that I did not do originally, yeah. that I have since done, that, you know, now that I'm looking at another place. I also think that making sure that you understand that even if you find a place that you're in love with, it's not the only space, there's always room for negotiation, and that your the people who are leasing the building need your business as much as you need their space. Keep that in mind. That is so true. And just as as I'm looking at my my uh, space, I'm having this crisis of feeling like I'm so specific with what I want. You know, I have my non-negotiables. I want windows. In yes, the- I, have, I had to make sure that each of my offices was windowed. Yeah. That's one of the things that I requested. Yeah, I know a lot of therapists maybe don't care so much about windows because I see a lot of offices um, that don't have windows. But for me, it makes a big deal uh, when, I have, when I'm sitting here in my office with all these windows and I feel like if I feel so good with these windows, I know my clinicians feel good knowing they can open a window if they need to or just get the sun if they want. Um, so that's one of my non-negotiables for this new space. And where I'm looking now, in Six Corners, there's not a lot of professional buildings. So Six Corners is really congested. It is. But there's a lot of traffic. That's it's, what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. But there's not a lot of buildings. It's all storefronts, and I don't want a storefront. So um, the space right now, it's supposed to be completed in three months or so. It's their building. Uh, they totally tore down well the gut they gutted um the the structure is still there but they gutted a two-story building that both corners of the building are turning into one's a theater like a not a movie theater but like a theater and the other side is going to be a retro fitness like a gym but the whole upstairs middle is going to be um medical offices and as of right now, they have an attorney that is going to be renting a space from there and then possi- and possibly me. So I'm in that stage of negotiating that the building, because it's the middle part that they're renting for medical offices, yeah. 90% of it has no windows because the two whole corners right. of it are being taken by... Yeah. So I'm negotiating with him to get the whole front part because it's all floor-to-ceiling windows, which would be awesome, but it would screw anyone else who would rent the space because they'd have to be in the back end where there's no windows. So I'm hoping that... That's 
problem. That's not your problem. That's not my problem. And he's, he said that they're okay with it, so now they're drawing up um, how it would look if I was there. Because that's literally one of my my main requirements, is that I have some windows in every room and that there's parking. So that building is going to have parking, which is rare in Six Corners. It has its own parking garage. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's good. It's going to be, yeah, it'll, it'll be nice. So we'll, we'll see. But there, so the theater is not going to be too loud on your... on your. No, I, in in that, had asked because I'll be squished between a theater and uh, the gym, which, I don't know, right. with the clanking of the gym machines. But he said that they are putting, like, super soundproof between those two... Okay. Uh, yeah, that he said. There's no. There's going to be absolutely no sound coming between there. So it'll just be me making sure that he he puts the right amount of soundproofing between my office and you know the attorney's office or whoever else might be up there between our walls. Another, another thing that I very quickly want to plug is this. I've designed each of my spaces. So I designed the first one, then I decided that I designed the build out, and now I've designed this office space yeah. using um, a, uh, it, well, it's it's on the Apple store because I have a Mac computer, mm -hmm. but it's called Sweet Home 3D, oh. which allows you to make, to, to make plans and render them as 3D images or videos so you can see what it looks like. Oh. I'll send it to you. I'll send you one of my walkthrough videos. I can actually walk through the plan that I've made and look into the offices and the kitchen and everything else. So amazing. Um, and so that, that's a good way to get really exactly what you want. And so now I'm going to be on Wednesday, Heidi, who's my office manager, who has a really good eye for these things. She's gone with me to go look at every piece of property I've looked at. Cause she's really good like that. Yeah. So she and I are going to meet with the contractor and the, building management on Wednesday to sit down and show them what we want and see how doable it is for how much money. So, um, but it, it allowed me to build them exactly what I wanted so that they could see what it looks like. And I made them pictures and videos and uh, actual floor layout with square footage. That's really cool. I'm sure that'll be useful for anyone who's really looking to build out with. Yeah. I actually used it to design my kitchen at home as well. Really? And my deck. That's awesome. Interesting. Yeah, Sweet Home 3D. I it's wrote great. it down. I'm going to look it up later. Sweet Home Good. 3D. I think that's all the questions that I right. have. How about you? Anything that's else? Fine. Good? No, yes. Thank good. you so much for doing this. Although Thanks. it is kind of weird not you. seeing you in person. <laughs> I said, although it's kind of weird not seeing you in person. <laughs> We yeah. gotta, we'll have some lunch sometime. We gotta yeah. sit down. Yeah. Last thing, if you can just give me your the name of your business and a contact information, sure. then in case anyone wants to get in touch with you. Sure thing. So again, I'm Mike Bloomberg. I'm an LCPC, and I run Glenview Counseling Group. You can also check us out on the World Wide Web yeah. at GlenviewCounseling.com. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mike. How about that? Yes, perfect. Talk to you later. All right, talk to you later. Thanks for tuning in to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. We'll see you next week.